0: This is James' first Sunday to teach History Makers, and so we're excited about it, and uh, yeah, it'll be good. So children, you're dismissed, you can go. There we go. It's going to be good. Um, we have some other things going on, and we've uh, got the baptism coming up also um, you know, what to talk, of, you remember this, not too long ago we talked a lot about in the beginning, right? And we're in Genesis, there in the very beginning of Genesis for a few weeks. And I want to talk about something today from there. But, uh, you know, uh, we have small groups meeting, like there's one small group that meets here at the church t- this evening on Sundays at 4 p.m. Uh, Daniel and Jennifer have a small group that meets... Uh, two Sundays a month at their house, uh, and then Harvey, he, he leads a small group that's studying the book of Revelation right now on Wednesday nights here at the church at six, right, Harvey? So, uh, if you guys would like to be a part of that, because, uh, it's really interesting. You know, the Apostle John, who was, uh, really close, close to Jesus, and, uh, and he wrote the Gospel of John, he wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and he wrote the book of Revelations. And you know, the book of Revelation, the first verse says, it says, this is the unveiling of Jesus Christ. John wrote that to unveil, to reveal who Jesus was. And sometimes we get focused on the, the end times part of the book or what we how we look at it, but that's not why G, John wrote it. Arguably, you know, John, all the rest of the apostles that he lived with, that he walked with, uh, had already been martyred. John had been living with Jesus for almost 60 years since Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection when he wrote the book, of, the Gospel of John and the letters, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John in the book of Revelations. He was the only apostle that didn't die a martyr. Like, God kept him alive, and at the end of his life, he wrote these letters that were revealing who Jesus is in in ways that's different. You know, when you look at Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you see that uh, they talked about, Matthew and Luke wrote about the genealogy of Jesus, like his earthly genealogy up until the time that he was crucified and and resurrected, raised from the dead. But uh, John didn't approach it that way. John wrote something a little bit different. He wrote about the Word. And if you remember, this, this passage right here actually begins in John the Gospel, chapter 1, verse 1. And this is how John decided at 90, they, they somewhere 90 to 92 years old, when he wrote this, he said, I know Him. And this, I'm going to tell you about Him. I want you to know who I know. And he wrote this, in the beginning was the Word. And that, that, that word, is it's a Greek word, logos, it's the word, the capital word, not that we call the Bible the word. John was talking about Him. He said, before anything was created, before anything was, He was. And He was with God, and He was God. He was God. It's like God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they existed pre-thought, pre-anything. And they've always been. And it's. Uh, he explained that. And then he said this about Jesus. He wasn't just with God. He was God. Jesus and God are one. But they're unique individuals. Holy Spirit's one with them. But they're all unique. But they're one. And, the, and he's talking about things and saying things that we're like, okay, uh, but something beautiful happened, something in the, this narrative that was in them. I think that he's, he chose that, that way to describe Jesus as the Logos, the Word. He was everything embodied that God is, Jesus was. Like it was, if you want to see, if you want to know the story of God, look at Jesus. He is the story. And it's, a, it's like, you can read about me or you can know me. Right? Right? You can listen to what other people say about me, or you can know me. And uh, John was saying, Guys, it's about knowing Him, not about Him. He's not belittling what the other disciples, what the apostles wrote in uh, the other Gospels. He's just saying, This is my experience of God. This is who Jesus is to me. And He gave us that. And in verse 2, He was with God in the beginning. And then he says in verse 3, Through Him, all things were made. And without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. I want you to think about that. Through Him, everything that's made was made. And so the Apostle Paul says it this way. You can't look at nature. You can't look at the cosmos. You can't look at humans and not know God. Because God's nature is in everything He made. If you look at it closely, science can figure this out. Listen, if you look close enough, you're going to see order, purpose, destiny, life. God made it. And He made everything in it. And He says this, um, In Him was life. We live in a time in the world when everybody's looking for life. Everybody's looking for what something to live for, something to experience and, and have life. Everybody is. And it's like it's it's amazing. You know, I was looking the other day. Have y'all ever watched the paragliders, those guys that, that are up on top of the mountains and fly for hundred miles on a parachute? Yeah, wouldn't that be the coolest thing ever? No. Because what goes up comes down and I am not getting on one of those things but it really looks like it'd be fun it's like it's like it would give me life right listen I want to tell you life comes from one source everything you experience life through has life because of Jesus in him was life and no other and we have to look at the world. And so not only was that life, that life was the light of all mankind. And the light, the light shines, right, in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. The, light, the darkness can't stop it. The light that comes from Jesus is unstoppable. So, you know, are you searching for answers? You know we are. I mean... Everyone in this room is searching for answers right now. You want peace? You're looking for stability? You, look at, you watch too much news and you feel like the world's in a chaotic vortex that only ends in dis- doom and destruction. You, you've had relationships go south. You've had jobs go south. You're, you're, you're in a different stage of life now than you've ever been. You have needs you've never had. You're looking for answers. Why is it so hard? Why can't I be happy? Why do I do this and do that and do that and it doesn't fulfill me? Why don't I have any purpose? I don't have any drive. Nothing really brings me joy. You see, we live in a a world where we're looking for answers. And I want you to know every answer, the opposite of chaos is peace and he is peace. The purpose of life is wrapped up in the vine that we're the branches. And when you abide in the vine, God brings you into purpose and destiny. And all of a sudden, you don't just live. You live for a purpose and a reason, and you accomplish, and and God creates things inside of you. And it all comes from Him. But we live in a world where we look everywhere else for life except for Jesus. And He is life. He is everything. In Him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness. The darkness does not overcome it. You see, here's something you need to understand. Uh, If He really is preexistent and God, and He really is the one who created and sustains everything, and He really is the source of all life on earth, if He really is that guy, and guess what He said? In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. You see, none of us are left out. Nobody and it's not because of you it's because of him in him's life and Jesus life was a light to all mankind all you me the person in the deepest pit in America it's for them too you can't get so far down in the darkness that Jesus light doesn't impact you it's for us all well but some people don't have it uh well I think everybody's included in the all. Yeah, but some people are too far gone. He said all. All. Yeah, but you don't know what I did. He said all. All mankind. Now, what we want to understand is this, He gives us a light, He sets us all the captives free. His redemption was so powerful, He redeemed all of humanity, not just one or two or three or four. All of humanity. Now we get to choose whether or not to walk in His light. But His light is there and we're free to step into it anytime we want to. Every human on earth is. There's nothing that can stop you from stepping into the light. And it's because of him, not you. Now, there was a man sent from God. Now, here's John talking about himself, right? He said, there was a man sent from God, guys, whose name was John. Yeah, that's him who wrote this. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. So I want to bring up some things. If that's true, is Jesus' life is the light that overcomes all darkness. If that's true, that includes anything in your past. From this point backwards is included in that. You, there is nothing you've done that's bigger than Jesus that's more valuable than His redemption and the price He paid to set you free. Nothing in your past can hold you down. That also includes your present. Right now. It includes right now our present tense. Everyone in the world right now can choose to step into the light because of how great He is. You see, I think me and you get confused and we think we've got to... It's us that our badness is better than His... Bigger than his greatness. That your darkness is greater than his light. No, light cannot stop the darkness. No, other way around. See if you're listening. That's okay. You know what my doctor did to me this last week? I, I went to the doctor. I know, well, he did that too, but I went to the doctor for an exam. And he, he looked at me, and he looked at all the spots on my skin. I've, uh, I was out in the sun way too much when I was young, and I have these pre-cancer spots, stuff, whatever. And he, he, he comes he back and looks at me, he said, listen, you're covered with cancer. And I said, that's not nice. You said they're pre-cancer. Well, I said, okay, well, words matter, don't they? Words matter. So I told him he wasn't Nice. After he did that exam, I told him that. But then he, uh, then he said, okay, so I'm going to make you an appointment with the uh, gynecologist. <laughs> now this is a doctor. I mean, I mess up words, but I expect him to not mess words up. And I said, I'm not a woman. He said, you know what I meant. I said, you said gynecologist. <laughs> Okay, so he didn't. I'm not going to the gynecologist. (laughs) So, there's no darkness in your past, in your present, and I believe this with all my heart. There's no darkness in your future that can diminish the light that he is. I don't know where you and I come off thinking that we're more powerful than Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Where we think that our badness outweighs His goodness. I don't know where we come off judging people and thinking that they're beyond hope. Putting people down that are in bondage and slaves. That our Messiah, our Master, our Savior has paid the redemption price for them to be set free. I don't know where we get off letting the darkness convince us that it's greater than the light. And you can't. There's not. It's impossible. Guys, it's something like this. I, there are no facts, present tense. There are no circumstances that you're in. There's no realities in the whole universe that can stop the light that resides in God. And John said, I'm not the light. But I'm a witness to the light. And that's the word in Greek, martyr. It's literally the word that means, it's, it's like if you're going to testify in a court of law, you don't ever, they won't even let you say hearsay. You have to personally experience what you're testifying about. And John said, listen guys, I want to tell you something. Because I have personally experienced this with him. I can tell you about the life I've experienced from Him. The life that's come into my life. And so John said that. And it's like, when you experience something firsthand, you can witness about it. You can share testimony when you've experienced it. You see, uh, I believe this is true what uh, Pastor Tim talked about and what we're going to do and what we're doing all the time. It's like, don't be satisfied living a life hearing about Him. If you're bored, it's because you're living hearing about Him and you're not experiencing Him. Because you experience Him, you'll shake and go nuts and act like Angie does sometimes or whatever, you know? When you experience Him. Now, if you're just hearing about Him, Here's a litmus test. You want to know if you just live here with God? Then you're bored right now. Then you're hopeless. You don't have purpose. You don't even know what you're doing in life. And you're just trying to fill your days with fun. But it's not that much fun. And you don't know Him. You see, because it's His touch that makes a difference. Um, Brian Solz has been working on my computer so he can break into it anytime he wants. If it does anything funny... It's Brian, who happens to be Dana Wessel's son-in-law, and Keith's, so y'all are responsible. So if my computer goes crazy, it's not a ghost, it's not the devil, it's Brian. He's in it. I hope he's not watching on TV. Um, I didn't get lost, because I want, this is really important to me. I believe there's stuff that happens to us. You see, Jesus left his mark on everything he touched. Right? That's what he, who created everything? Jesus. Who created this wood? Jesus. Who created the chair you're in? Jesus. Who created the person sitting next to you? Jesus. And you know what he did? He left his mark everywhere. Um, I know what that's like. I remember, y'all know this, uh, y'all know know it, you know this because y'all see me talking a lot. Uh, You know, y'all know that I've never been cool. I've never been the cool kid. I know. It's shocking. When I was in school, I never really knew what cool was, that you were supposed to be cool. And uh, I remember uh, we had a young man who, he passed away, uh, loved Jesus, Mason Gonzalez. And uh, Mason was so much fun. He had cancer and he died eventually. But uh, Mason, when he was like in third grade, I, I related to Mason so well. His parents got him... The, you know, I broke my glasses so many times when I was in elementary school, they eventually got me those big black rubber ones that athletes wear. You ever seen those? They're like goggles. And my lenses are like this thick. Mason had those too. Listen, you can't be cool wearing those kind of glasses. They're not designer. Of course, I didn't really even care. Uh, but Mason when he wore those glasses he was cool wearing those glasses it's like he was a favorite kid at elementary school because I went to his grandparents day sometimes they'd let me go be pretend grandpa and uh, everybody loved Mason we all love Mason so sad when he passed away went home with Jesus but um, I remember once I was in seventh grade and I discovered what cool is Y'all know? Yeah, I guess it happens. Some of y'all probably discovered when you are in first grade. I remember seventh grade, I became aware it matters what clothes you wear and that you actually button your pants and do all that stuff. It matters. If you're going to be a cool kid, well, guess what happened? I got a pair of cool pants. (laughs) Like my first cool britches I ever owned. You guys won't believe it. I wish I had a picture of them. They were (laughs) bell-bottoms. right, you know my age, they were bell-bottoms, and they had black and white stripes, like (laughs) that white, (laughs) you know, and I'm so cool, and I had, this is so funny, I had a white patent leather belt, and I go to seventh grade in Fort Smith, Arkansas, proud that I am now a cool kid. And I no longer had to wear the big black rubber glasses. I actually learned how to take my glasses off when I got in fights so I didn't keep them broke. And I go to school that day. And I walk in, you know, I remember, I don't remember, I rode the bus to school. You had to pay a dime to ride the bus in Fort Smith, you know. It was private buses, which aren't a good idea. And I remember I got there and I walk in and uh, open the door Is you know metal door whatever open the door go in and I'm walking down the hallway I'm so proud and then one of my friends catches up with me he said Alan I said what he said look at your hands and I went and I went somebody I wish I'd done it but I didn't think of it somebody had taken ink and put it all over the (laughs) doorknob And when I walked in, I did the door over the doorknob and that my friend had followed the trail I had left down the hallway and he saw it on my pants and my shirt. My only cool pants I ever owned now have blue ink stains all over them. You see, uh, I left a mark everywhere I went. (laughs) and You could follow it really easily. Do you know that Jesus leaves a mark on everything he touches? An essence, a smell, an aroma, uh, uh, an aura on everything he touches. And you can't deny it and it's unstoppable. And that's what Jesus did with us. You see, uh, I left my mark that day I wore those. I never wore them again. <laughs> it's my last cool day ever. <laughs> right? I know some of you are just like me. Like, I don't think... yeah. Peter Baker he's never been cool either (laughs) it's okay though Peter yeah we need a we need a non-cool hand signal that's secret you know Jesus loves you even if you're not cool because his marks on you he knows you and we we need to believe that you know here's what John said He's a light to everyone. To everyone. And I think uh, what releases His light in us? I mean, He created us. We're created perfectly for His light. What releases His light in us? It says right here, John said it. He He said, I came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through Him all might believe. You know what releases God's light in you? is believing. Believing. It's faith. It's believing what Jesus believes about you. It's believing that His light is greater than the darkness that you might be walking in or left or stuck in. Just believing. It's not doing anything. It's not, it's not earning anything. It's not works. It's believing is what happens. You know, I've seen this happen. And what happens when you believe? When you believe, He leaves His marks. Because when you believe, when you and I believe, He puts His hands on us. And He leaves marks. I remember one time, I've told this story because it's one of the most beautiful things I'd ever seen, of a, a woman who had uh, been horribly horrible. Her life was just, it was horrible. But she uh, was alcoholic and seemed to look for bad relationships, you know. Very intelligent. Very, could live in the world, but just in a pit. And uh, I remember when I got to talk with her, I knew that the light that had touched me could touch her. I knew it could. And I knew that nothing, no matter, I didn't know why her life was so hard. I didn't know. But I knew that she needed his touch. She needed his scent, his aroma, his, his essence in her life in areas where she wasn't experiencing. And I remember we finally get to the place what. And she just had, it was a very simple thing, she just had really one thing that happened that knocked her off course when she was young. And uh, she'd been abused, raped, blah, 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 blah. That's I don't mean, that sounds demeaning to say blah, blah. I just don't want to say the details, but it was bad. And that day when that happened, it was a decision, a choice she had made. It was something she had gotten herself into Of course, it was abuse. It wasn't her choice. But she chose to go to that place. She chose to be with those people. She chose to go into that situation. And so when she uh, woke up the next day, and she's laying in a yard, (laughs) and uh, naked and dirty and hurting, crushed in her mind never to ever be clean again, And every dream she ever had was over. And she wasn't even 16 yet, you know? And she was living that out 10, 15 years later. She was living out the judgment she had made about herself, right? She knew she was dirty. She knew she was used. She knew she was no longer pure. She knew she didn't deserve ever because it was her choice. And I remember when we came to the place where Jesus was ready to come and I knew she didn't need to hear about Him. She needed to let Him put His arms around her, right? I know that His touch is what heals us. And all those things that she was feeling, regret, guilt, remorse, her desire to be perfect was now lost forever. She, She felt like she needed to be punished. She wished she could rewind time and change that day. All those things, her self-effort, self-control, nothing was making her, fixing her. So finally, it took some, Holy Spirit had to work hard to get her willing to let Jesus come. Isn't that strange how humans are? We decide we're not good enough for Him. We decide we don't deserve Him. We decide. So finally the Holy Spirit was able to convince her to let Jesus come. And I remember uh, watching the countenance on her face change as she's having an encounter with Jesus that I don't know what's going on because it's happening inside of her. I don't see it. I just see her. And where there had been nothing but Brokenness and despair and wailing, I saw a person's face. Like as, like if somebody had had a stroke, like that lady's pictures in the hallway, she had a stroke, you know, the paralysis from a stroke and when God touched her, uh, it went away. You can see it in the picture of the hallway on a mission trip. They were on to Guatemala. But uh, I saw that happen to this lady's face, and then she. I asked her when she finally composed herself, I asked her, I said, what happened? You know, I'd like to know. And uh, she said, well, I'm laying in the dirt and I won't even look at Jesus. I know he's on the other side of the yard, but I won't look because I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed of myself. I have remorse and guilt and regret and blame and Everything you can feel bad in the world. And she said, I finally looked over at him and he's just standing there. He's not moving and he's holding a, a bucket, one of those old fashioned buckets with a rope handle made out of wood. And uh, she said, He walked over to me. He knelt down. It's so funny because I, I didn't see it, but I could see it. She said, He knelt down beside me and I'm laying on the ground. Naked. Proud moment, huh? Ashamed. Despair. And Jesus reached his hand in the bucket, and he had those big sea sponges with warm, soapy water, and he touched her. And guilt disappeared. And he touched her, and blame disappeared. And he touched her and shame disappeared. And he touched her and her hope came back. And he touched her and she no longer had to live in the prison that she had built for herself. And when he finished, she was pure and clean as if she had never been raped before. Now, that's true. That's what John's talking about. In the beginning was the Logos. And I've experienced Him. He's the light. And he, you can witness about it when you experience it. And if you're living without that experience, then you're not living with Him. You know, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world. The world did not recognize Him. He came to that which was His own, but His own did not receive Him. Yet to all who did receive Him, You know, the only thing separating you from Him isn't anything but do you believe. Because He redeemed us, and His redemption was priceless. You know, it's true. To those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. Children of God. Children not born of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, born of God nothing can stop you from being a child of God because it's all of God it's not your friends not your neighbors it's not your family it's not your history nothing can stop you because it's his decision not your daddy's or not those abusers not those voices that say you can't or you're not or you won't it's his voice and the word became flesh Made his dwelling among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. You know, he's a light, the true light that gives light to everyone. You see, I left ink marks everywhere I went that day at school. Jesus leaves his mark on everything he touches. And it's unstoppable. I, uh, here's John's beginning of 1 John chapter 1. Another letter he wrote, right? Right before Revelation. He's, he does this, this very strange thing again. That which was from the beginning. Don't let anybody tell you this world is not ordered according to his plans because it was his plan before it started and it's still his plan and it'll be his plan when it's all over. We've seen it. We've heard it. Our hands have touched. You see, I think that we've, we fought this battle with believing. Because you know, what? You, know what, what you fight? You fight the battle of what you hear. Not in your ear, deaf or working. But it you hear. You know what you hear? The world tells us a lot of things. Oh, you don't deserve that. Oh, you can't accomplish that. Oh, you'll never be free of that. Oh, that's just how you are. Your family all has addiction problems. Your family all has anger issues. This is just who you are. Nobody in your family cares about nothing. You see, we hear stuff all the time. And you know what? Jesus has another voice. And John said, this is what I heard. I heard from a God who loves me. I heard from a God who created me. I heard from what God had said, I was created in His image and wonderfully and fearfully made. You see, that's what we hear. What have you seen? You know, when I, when I look at that, what do you see right now in your life? Are you letting what you see determine who you are and what your, what your purpose and destiny? Or are you trusting what God is showing you? Are you trusting what He sees? What does God see when He sees you? It's the easiest question in the world. When, I, when I'm praying with people that are hurting and, and broken and lost, at, at, uh, I, know I have this uh, ace in the hole. I have this, this trick card I play all the time. Like, let's say I'm praying for you, and you know that it's hopeless. Well, all I'm going to do is say, I have this great idea. Let's ask Jesus if He thinks you're hopeless. I already know the answer. Don't be stupid. Because I already know His light is greater than any darkness that's ever been. He doesn't think you're hopeless. He agrees with me every time. He's never not said that. Why? Because I know how He sees you. I know how He sees me. I know how He sees the world. And our problem is we don't see the world the way He does. When you look at the world and I look at the world, we want to think it's all full of chaos and that the darkness is overcoming the light. And I'm like, read the Scripture. You know we call the scripture the logos, the word. We'll read that, and you'll find out that the light overcomes the darkness, and that Jesus touched every one of us and everything. And when He touches it, He's going to leave His aroma. He's going to leave His sin. He's going to leave His essence there. The life appeared. Now here's something I want you to know. We're gonna, I'm gonna end now because we want to have experience. We want to experience the touch of God this is interesting I looked at that verse chapter John 1st John 1 1 and I've thought this I've preached it I've seen it a hundred times uh, that which was from the beginning which we've heard which we have seen with our eyes which we have looked at and our hands have touched and I always thought oh that's just because John laid his head on Jesus chest when they were sitting around at the Lord's Supper at the end of, before Jesus was crucified, the night He was taken, uh, John touched Jesus. They were like best friends, you know. And, uh, and plus, they're from the East, so they touched each other a lot, you know. Men will walk around and hold hands in those countries. I said that with a sneer, didn't I? I shouldn't have. They'll, they'll do that, you know, and they touch. So I thought that's what that was. Guess what? That isn't what John's talking about. John's talking about, you know what happened to my friend whenever Jesus took that sponge out and he he washed her off? He touched her. The life that was inside of Jesus got released into her. You see, that word touched there is, uh, I'll show you because I wrote it down so you can see it is the word Greek word solo. Here's what the definition of that word is. To touch the string of a musical instrument, thus creating resonance. Every time you have an encounter with Jesus, you allow Him to be with you. He reaches down like a master violinist and He picks you up And His hands bring the most beautiful music out of you. That's what that word means. It's the same word as, I mean, you can see it if you look at it. You know how to spell psalms like in the Bible, the psalms? P-S-A-L-M. Is that right? Psalm. It's the word translated hymn or music in the Bible. Like that word, him, there in verse 30 of Matthew 26, that's the same word. You see, the truth is, Jesus lived that way. Jesus gave his God and all of his creation and imagination, knew that he needed a human flesh that could bring his music, his light, his life into the world. And Jesus said, Father, I'll do it, I'll go. I will my we become the literally the just like Jesus what it said in that passage, Jesus was the Son of God, and we're adopted and become children of God. You see, Jesus said, "I'll go, God. God, play my life, play my voice." It's it's like the word breath. That's the word that we use for spirit, and the breath of God. You know, we sing a song about uh, it's your breath in my lungs. What happens is when I breathe in the Holy Spirit, He's in me. When I allow Him to have a part of me, that part of me becomes music in the world. It becomes light and life, just like what happened with Jesus. <clears throat> so, you and I become the violin, we become the source of life in our world whenever we give ourselves to God. Now this is difficult because <clears throat> when the, when the bread, Jesus came so that He could be one with us the same way the Father was one with Him and the Holy Spirit was in Him. So for you and I, when every time we're with God, then He leaves His impression and He releases life into the world through us. And that's how we live. And you know, I wrote this down because it was so hard for me to say in English. He really is the breath in our lungs. You see, the Word, the essence, the Logos of God was found in reality in Jesus Christ, a man born of the flesh, just like you and me. And that essence of God, Jesus allowed in his life, and the two became one. And Jesus became the light of the world. And guess what? When God decided to create man, what remember in Genesis, God said he reached down and he took some dirt, and out of that dirt he formed a man, which is us. And <clears throat> Jesus told a parable about that. Remember in that same deal in Genesis after Adam and Eve believed the lie of the serpent and they became ashamed of who they were? They became ashamed of their dirt, right? Because Satan lied to them and said they weren't good enough, that who they were wasn't enough, that they they couldn't ever. And God said, oh, serpent, you're going to crawl on your belly in the dust your whole life. And... Adam, you're going to work and sweat. And Eve, you're going to hurt having children. And then God said, but, but the Eve, your seed, Satan's going to strike your heel, but you're going to crush his head. You see, Satan was waiting, been waiting his whole life for the seed of woman to crush his head. Now, he couldn't stop that prophecy God made from happening. So you remember what he did? He went to a lot of trouble. The King King Herod had every little boy two years old and younger murdered in that region where Jesus was born. You see, he couldn't stop the birth. The birth was going to happen. But if he could just stop the human The man that was born, if he could kill him before he got started, then he would stop it. And you see, I think the same thing's true for you and I today. We have lost sight of the truth that we were created for this. And the enemy spends all of his time trying to stop us from believing. Believing in God in us and us. And our everything in us is trying to tell us no. And the truth is, you know what God says about us? I like Romans fifteen thirteen. Uh, I do like that. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him. So that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, it's all about do you believe in who you are? That your Jesus was just like you? That Jesus, God, will work through you, in you, with you? Really, I, I search for words because it's more than, it's not just, you're not just a, a, a cup that He pours out of. He is you. He becomes one with you. He's with us. Just like He was with Jesus. And... Uh, <clears throat> God told a parable about this, Matthew 13, 44, right? Jesus told this parable. He said, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure, and not just some treasure, like amazing treasure hidden in a field. Where was the treasure hidden? In the dirt. What are you and I made out of? Dirt. Jesus wasn't playing. He was talking about us. He said, listen, there's a treasure in the dirt. You and I have a treasure inside of us. We were created to be one with Him. Nothing else on earth was created to be one with God except for humanity. And you at your worst day are created to be one with Him. You at your best day are created to be one with Him. In our weaknesses, in our lacks, in our history, in our reality of right now we were created to be one with God and when that happens the power of the Holy Spirit becomes your power source and now I'm not limited to me it's me and God so Jesus lived that same way so I love that now when a man found it he hid it again When Jesus found you, He hid it again. And then in His joy, He went and He sold all He had and He bought the field. What was the treasure worth that Jesus paid for? You know what you were worth? All He had. Because you're the treasure. And Jesus is looking today. We're in the dirt. We're dirt. But we're the treasure that's hidden in the dirt. The essence of who you are, hidden in this dirt, is the most beautiful thing on earth. You're the very center of God's heart and His thoughts. There's nothing inside of you that He doesn't love. There's nothing inside of you that limits His love and His light from working through your life. And I believe that that's where we're at. You know, the question is, uh, Jesus told another parable. Treasure, that, I, I looked up treasure. You know, we all know what it means, right? But I looked it up anyway. Um, it's, treasure is something of extreme value someone stores, hides away, to be accessed at another time. See, Jesus put something of extreme value in your dirt. For Him to come back. And to find again. And now, Jesus said, you know what guys? It's done. Don't say it's there's four more months and then the harvest. Don't say this and this and this and this has to happen and then we can have the harvest. No, it's done. Today is the day of the harvest. Nobody here, not one of us, has to be ashamed of who we were, what we did, what we lack, what we don't have, the mountains in front of us. There's not an obstacle. There's nothing that can stop the power of the Holy Spirit working through us. And that's who you are. Now the question is, will you believe? Will you believe more in the power of His redemption than in your failures do you believe more in his life in us than in what you see right now yeah but these are facts do you believe more in the facts than you do in him you see it's always been about belief I remember the Apostle John. You know, he lived to, I think, 92 years old. And the rest of them all died within just a few years. Um, You know, they tried to kill him by boiling him in oil. And he had so much of the life of God in him that he wouldn't die. Like, he lived. (laughs) They finally put him on the island of Patmos to try and keep him away from everybody. And he wrote all these letters we read now, most of them on that island, in prison. They couldn't stop him. You see, do you believe more in the power of His life in us than in what you hear from the people around you? That's almost embarrassing to think that, but we all do. I was so embarrassed that day I got blue ink all over myself and the walls and other people. Like, how could I be so stupid? You see... Do I believe more in how dumb I am or more in how great He is? It's not about how smart you are. It's about what you believe. It's not about how powerful your friends are. It's about what you believe. It's not about your history. It's about what you believe. It's not about anything else besides what you believe. Do you believe that His touching us clears our past, pays our debts, releases us from punishment, from embarrassment, from judgment. Do you believe that the power of what He did is greater than anything in your past? Do you believe that the power of what He did will heal your present? Do you believe? And do you believe that the power of what He did will secure your future. Not your investments. Not your bank account. Not the name. Not who you're related to. He secures my future. I believe in Him. The question is this. What are you going to do with Jesus? You see, I uh, I wrote this down I'm not sure I can explain it. The Word in our lives, the Word, I mean the Scripture is obviously huge, hugely important and perfectly true. But the Word, Jesus' presence in our lives, not works in our lives. Not works. Him. Experiencing Him releases joy. It's the source of all joy. It's the source of life. It's the source of everything. Now what are you going to do with Jesus? Here's the question. I want you to do this. I'm going to ask you today to do a small step. Everyone in here can. We're all in the same boat. I'm going to ask you to take a small step. Just one. Find some area in your life where you're living on your own where Jesus isn't a part of your decision making process or a part of your journey or part of what you're doing you're doing this on your own ask the Lord to show you one place where you can take one step and this coming week do that with Jesus it may be eating it may be drinking it may be while you're at work It may be a physical thing. It may be a a spiritual thing. But one thing, God, I've been doing this with just me. I didn't even consider you. I want to do this with you. And watch what he does. Watch what he does. Do it with Jesus and you're going to find that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead resides in you. And that's Scripture. It's true. So I just challenge you this week. Find one thing that you've been doing without him, just by yourself, and do it with him. And watch the power of God release in your life. Okay? Um, I want. Sharon snuck up on me. Um, So I'm going to. Let's all stand up. Because I really. I've had a burden that. I wanted to do this thing touch. John said, I touched him. John felt the power of the resonance. You know, when you, tug, when you strum a guitar, it releases a vibration that impacts the world. I believe God wants to touch you today. And I think some of you, some of us, can choose to be touched. And God wants to touch you. And you want to be touched We're going to have people up here that want to pray with you. But I've asked Pastor Tim, uh, yes, y'all can come up. I've asked Pastor Tim to share an experience he had with the Lord
1: yesterday? No. Oh, it was yesterday. Cool. So um, it's crazy that for months, I I wish that I could have started all over in my head. I wish I could've just went back to day one when I gave my life to the Lord and when I connected with him, believed what he was saying to me. But for years, the Lord would speak to me and then I would ask somebody else and they'd give me their interpretation and I would run to somebody else and they would give me their interpretation and I would hear something else. And out of gathering all that information, I would make a decision and many times miss the Lord because the Lord was speaking to me and only to me. And so for the last eight or nine months, I've just been like, Lord, I want to honor your voice, this moment that we touch. And whether I'm mowing, whether I'm working, whether I'm in church, whether I'm whatever... You understand, he didn't die for your sins. Now, that's the price he paid. But he died so you could reconnect with the Father. That's that's the whole purpose. The, The whole purpose that Jesus came was to pay the price that you once again would talk to the Father. And then everything... In church and everything that we learn, we pull away from that. We, we get these moments or these times or these pieces where he touches us, and whether it be in worship or whether it be in the word, and we let it go and we don't value it so much that I can't let go. So for months now, I, I just wanted to honor that touch, that thing that's been happening with me in his life. and it's, it, I got so many testimonies, but I'll tell you the one from yesterday. Milton's from two weeks ago. <laughs> so yesterday, it's it's raining. I'm out mowing, and somebody's broke down on Capitol. So we we jump out of the truck, and we push him half a mile away. I'm like, come on, pull into the next parking lot. But he does. He just keeps going. I'm like, are we pushing him home? Where, where are we going with this? Where are we going with this guy? So he finally pulls into a parking lot, and there's a little girl has a baby. She's standing in the rain, and she's yelling at her boyfriend, baby daddy, whoever, to help us push. So he comes over and helps us push, and we get the car out of the way, and I go to the bathroom. When I'm in the bathroom, the Lord says to me in a, just a small, still voice, He said, they're stranded, and they need a hotel room. So I reached in my pocket and I had $202. And I thought about giving the $2. I thought, well, really, that old room, you know, man, is this true? Maybe they should get a job. You know, there's plenty of people that's hiring. There's, you know, and all of those things began to run through my head. All of those things ran through my head. Well, they could get a job just like I'm doing a job, they could help me. But I thought, I stopped and I said, no, I, I said I was gonna honor what I believed he was saying to me. I'm going to honor that. I'm not, I'm not going to ask somebody else. I'm not going to second guess this anymore. I want to, this connection, Jesus paid a price so me and him could connect, and I'm going to honor that. So I walk out, I handed him the money. It looked like it was $2. He opens it up and sees it's $202. And he says to her, it's enough. And she begins to scream. She's standing in the rain with the baby. She said, sir, sir, stop, stop. She goes, how did you know we were stranded and need a hotel for the night? I said, to tell you the truth, I didn't. But your daddy did. And he gave me a choice to participate with what was on his heart. Because I said, God, break my heart for what breaks your heart. So it breaks his heart that one of his kids was standing in the rain. She falls on the ground and begins to weep uncontrollably. She goes, I began to pray this. I began to pray while I go, God, get us a room. Find a way we can get this baby out of the rain. I said, it's your daddy in heaven. And I think so many of us have learned and we've had experiences and we've done it the wrong way and we've questioned God and sometimes it's worked and sometimes it didn't. and And I'd like to just Today, I just want to reverse. I want to go back to where it was where I just believed. I believed that I could hear him, and I believed what he told me was true. So, so today, I just want to do that with you guys just for a second. If you just give us a minute longer, that you would close your eyes. And you just reverse. Just go back. Lord, I want to believe again. I want to believe that you speak to me. That that you loved me so much that you paid the price that me and the Father could hear each other. And, And I not only want to hear you, Lord, I want to believe what you say to me. I want to trust that again. I want to take all those religious sayings and those, all those things that I've learned and all those cute things we've learned in church. I want to throw it all away. And I just want to believe in what you're saying to me. I want you to say that to him. I want you to close your eyes. Take the moment. Just take the opportunity and say, I, want to, I just want to reverse it. And I've been doing this a long time. And it broke me. I left out of there and I thought, I don't know who was more broken, the little girl who was standing in the rain with a baby or me when I got in the truck. And so, I mean, how many times did I miss it, Lord? How many times have you spoken to me that... So many times that you've spoken to me and I could have participated in what you were doing in our, in our business, in our world, in our kingdom. Not yours, ours. I'm part of that. How many times have I missed it because I, I just wasn't ready or I wasn't prepared or I didn't even know? But I believe today we can reverse. And we can do what Pastor Allen says. We can say, okay, listen, I'm, I'm going to take this week and I'm going to take one area of my life and I'm going to stop. And I'm going to engage my daddy in one area. I'm just going to try it in one area. Not in all of them, good and mercy, there's too many, but just one area. And I, and I believe that the teams are up here they want to help you. People want to help you. Pastors to be up here, people to pray for you. Uh, I have a word for you guys. The Lord showed me a picture for you guys. I want to pray that over your lives. Um, and just to maybe even jumpstart you today, there'll be some prophetic guys up here. Uh, Pat, Marsha, come down here. And and, and, let, and and if you need somebody to help jumpstart you, what the Lord's saying inside of your life, let us get you going. Amen. Amen. We're good. Amen. Uh,
0: come on. Thank you. Hey, go do this week with God and watch what he does. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for being here. Yeah, Pat Marsh, Marshall, you're going to come up. So it'd be a good day to follow Jesus. If you've never chosen to follow him, this would be a great day to believe. Amen. God bless you guys.